Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome Podcast. Welcome to episode 82 of The Reinvention Project with Jim Rome. I have a tremendous conversation with one of the world's foremost authorities on mental performance. It is an intense conversation. Intense in the sense that there's absolutely no fat whatsoever. Nothing but powerful tactics and strategies that you can put into practice immediately that will impact your life dramatically. And if you do, as this guest says, on a daily basis, and you stack these days with these changes, you will in fact change your life. But only if you focus intensely because, as my guest, Brian Kane teaches, your focus is your future. What you focus on most is what you become. I will get into all of this shortly. And again, it's a powerful conversation. So you're going to want to have a laptop, an iPad, a journal, or whatever you gather intel with so you can get it all down. Because there is no way you're taking all of this in with only one listen. This is one of those conversations that I feel like five were slammed into in a good way. I mean, nitro. Now, let me update you where I'm at mentally, professionally, and personally. If you track my daily action, and you don't only show up for this, you know I just concluded a seven-year run for our daily TV program, which was a simulcast of our daily radio show. In other words, my sports talk radio program is heard on hundreds of radio stations nationwide and in Canada and on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Meanwhile, it was also simulcast on television on CBS Sports Network. Recently, we broadcasted the entire week leading up to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas from outside the fountains of the Bellagio Hotel on a magnificent stage that CBS built. Honestly, the best stage and best backdrop I have ever worked from in my entire career. So the crew and I walked it off after seven plus years on the TV side on CBS Sports Network. It was an amazing run and I have tremendous gratitude for the opportunity and for the entire operation and it ends extremely well. So what now? This is all part of my reinvention because right now I'm going to do something that I've never done before. Fact of the matter, I've done this radio program for nearly four decades. Nationally, I've done it for nearly three decades. On the TV front, I've worked for ESPN for a decade, Fox for nearly a decade, and CBS for a decade. I take great pride in that. But I have always been a brick-and-mortar type in a business that is changing dramatically. The landscape is changing. The way people consume their content is changing. And honestly... While I was busting my ass, I wasn't necessarily changing with it. If I'm being really frank, I've got a couple of sons, and I don't even know if they know what I do for a living. I don't even know if they know what a TV is. I'm in the Radio Hall of Fame. I've had this great run, and I don't even know if any of their friends even know who I am other than Jake and Logan's dad, who's pretty funny but generally pretty serious and intense. Until Friday night after he's had a shot of 1942 or two, and then he's the best dude ever. 
In short, what I'm saying is reinvent or die. To not take a risk is the biggest risk of all. So I found an amazing new agency to represent me, Range Media, and together with my current manager and attorney, we've done a deal with the platform X. X, formerly known as Twitter. For the first time ever, I will be streaming my content daily. Streaming it daily. In this case, my radio program is coming off of linear cable and going directly to the X platform, which is going to be launched soon. In other words, a big freaking swing. Something we have to build, something we haven't done, something I have to prove to myself and others. And I am completely jacked up, completely fired up for the challenge. I'm as motivated now as ever before to write another chapter, to create value for my partners and great content for our listeners and viewers. And on top of that, there's another monster project, maybe even two, that I want to take on. A project that I've always wanted but never got to and always regretted not doing. In short, I am getting another chance. I am getting great opportunities and I'll be damned if I don't do everything possible to smash them. I'm not looking to settle down. I'm looking to double down. I'm not looking for my ship to blow in. I'm looking to burn the boats once and for all and leave everything out there. I'm looking to give it everything I have to reinvent, create, and compete at an elite level. So, the reinvention project is not merely a pod. It is a lifestyle. It is an identity. Frankly, I've got no idea how this is going to go. I don't know what to expect, but I do know this. I'm going to attack it with everything I have because I know how fortunate I am to still get these opportunities, and I do not want any regrets this time. So, I'll keep you posted, but look for us to be streaming our content on the X platform soon. Day one, all in. Let's freaking go. Now, you think I'm fired up? Wait until you hear from this episode's guest, Brian Kane. He is one of the world's foremost authorities on mental performance, a mindset genius. Now, you know I've had dozens of conversations on this pod with folks who coach and teach mindset, how to create an elite mindset. I can't say that any one individual stands out above all the rest because that wouldn't be fair or even possible for me to say because everybody I've spoken to here is elite and world-class, and inspiring, and yes, best in class. But I can say this. I can put Brian Kane up there with the very best that I've ever spoken with. Again, world-class. My guy's worked with UFC world champs, NCAA champions, hundreds of pro athletes, and leaders throughout all of corporate America. And you're about to see why. Kaner has a way of cutting through the clutter with a no-bullshit message and systems and processes and tactics and strategies for you to dominate life. Systems that work for world-class athletes and systems that will work for you and for me. I hated when this conversation came to an end, but I can't wait to bring it to you. It is episode 82 of the Reinvention Project with mental performance expert Brian Kane, and it's coming at you right now. Again, the reason I host this podcast and the reason I'm in this space is I am on a personal journey, which has turned into a mission and is now an obsession to ensure that the next 25 years of my life are the very best years of my life and to ensure that my best work is actually in front of me, not behind me, and to prove that the next act is my best act. 
I am going to go do that. Now, how am I going to do that? Well, by doing the work, there's that. No hacks, no shortcuts. And by picking the brains of the world's foremost authorities on mental performance like this guy, Brian Kane. My man, I've been looking forward to this conversation for a long, long time. Thanks for making time. How you doing, brother? What's going on? Romy, dominating the day, man. Couldn't be more excited to join you today. So looking to get reinvented and get after it. Let's I roll. I love that. Good man. Let's get after it. Listen, Brian, I could start any number of places, but let me ask you this. We're in the mid-February, so it's not too late to ask the question. In fact, to me, it's never too late. But if I were to ask you, what is the number one way anybody listening right now can dominate 2024? What would you say? I'd say the first thing is get intentional about what you want. And if I were to put it in kind of a, a framework for you, I'd say the four-step personal development formula. Step one, know what you want. Get clear on that. Step two, schedule it. Like take advantage of your calendar because the greatest times, the greatest separator is time. If you don't know where your time is going or you're not intentional with your time, you're never going to get where you want to go. And then the third step would be to measure your progress, like have a success checklist that shows you if you're actually doing what you said you're going to do, and then use your own GPS. Step four is reflect and refocus. But it starts with setting that intention of getting clear on what I want. All right, so Brian, let me backtrack. For instance, that's that's designed for people that are like, hey man, I want this, I want to dominate. But you got a lot of people yeah. listening right now that are probably, even early in the year, probably burned out, probably in a rut, probably looking for some sort of spark. You have a tremendous mindset shift that will help people get unstuck. In fact, there are a number of factors, five things right at the top of my head that I know you teach. So I want to talk about some of these things. Let me tee you up so you can knock these things down. As an example, mindset shift number one, turn I have to into yeah. I want to and I get to. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean, so many times right, people would say, oh, I have to work out tomorrow morning or I have to go to my job. It's like, no, if you just make a simple mindset shift, shift from thinking that I have to into, no, I get to or I want to, it completely changes the dynamic, right? If I think I have to go work out tomorrow, well, then it becomes work. But if I think I want to or I get to, then it becomes fun. And uh, the concept that we use, it's called gamify. Make it a damn game. How do you make it a game to see how many days in a row you can go work out or how many days in a row you can do the things that you know are good for you that you maybe don't always enjoy doing, but you're going to enjoy it once you get started. You know, Romy, it's the start that stops most people. And we just have to make sure that we do whatever it takes to get started because it's like the hardest part about running, the hardest part about working out is getting your damn shoes on or getting to the gym. So don't let the start stop you. Act different than how you feel and shift that mindset by turning those have-tos into I want-tos or get-tos. Oh, I love that. Act different than how you feel. I'm going to try and go back to that. I love that. That's one of my favorites. All right. So let me tell you about something. The other day I come across a product that all of us should be carrying around. It's amazing. It's something different for fresh breath. It is an incredible product called Zellman's Minty Mouth. And guys, it is a game changer. If you're up in the grill of somebody else and you're making your case for whatever it is, make sure your breath is fresh. Zellman's cleans your breath in a way that other mints don't and can't because it's not just a mint. It's a functional breath freshener capsule that you swallow. It's clinically tested against the toughest offenders, even garlic and onions. You just pop two or three in your mouth, 
Suck the minty coating, then swallow the capsule for the confidence of fresh, clean breath that lasts for hours. The product is like nothing else you've ever tried. It fights bad breath in your mouth. It then goes right down to your gut. This is the ultimate hack to get rid of coffee, garlic, or smoker's breath. You're going to like having the confidence of long-lasting fresh breath, or you get your money back guaranteed. These folks will give you your money back. Not that you're going to want it, but they will. They've got free shipping if you order three packs or more, and trust me, you're going to want more. And nobody likes to pay for shipping. Go to Zellmans.com right now. That's Z-E-L-M-I-N-S.com. Right now, you'll get 15% off when you use the promo code Rome. Z-E-L-M-I-N-S.com. You do have to use the code Rome to get your 15% savings, R-O-M-E. Brian, the second one. Change, here we go again, to now we go. Yeah, so many times, right, if, like, we start getting into that meeting and the meeting is, okay, dragging on or whatever it is that we deal with in life where we throw our hands up and go, oh, here we go again. And it's like, no, draw a damn line in the sand, show up a better version of you, and say, no, it's not here we go again, it's now I go, and start playing offense and be more present and actually lock into what it is that you are doing because when you're present, right, that's when you show up the best version of you. So whatever it is that you're doing during the day, show up in that present moment. Because if you start thinking about the future, right, that's where anxiety lives. Thinking about a future I can't control, what's going to happen, the unlimited amount of infinite possibilities. Or if I start thinking about the past, man, shoulda, woulda, coulda, well, you can't go back and change it. So if you start living in the past, that's where your feeling of depression is going to come from. So lock in where your feet are and now get going and start getting aggressive and playing offense by being present. Now, and listen, if you're listening right now, I want you to be fully locked and you can tell my man is shot out of a cannon and he's not wasting any words or any thoughts. Lock into what we're talking about right here. It's not that it's so thick or so deep, but we're covering a lot of ground and it's extremely efficient. All right. So also, Brian, we're talking about how to get out of a rut. Here's a big one. This has come up on this podcast before, but I love your take on this. Change comparison into competition. So let me ask you this. Why is comparison so dangerous and competition? Competition with who or what? Well, comparison is dangerous because it's the thief of all joy. So if you want to have any enjoyment into what you're doing, you play the comparison game, you're only going to lose every damn time. Right? If I got on a flight from Scottsdale out from Phoenix, Arizona, out to LA to come see you, there'll be someone on that plane that's better than me in every category. George St. Pierre, the UFC champion, if he went into the gym up there in Montreal to go box, he's boxing with Olympic boxers. He's wrestling with Olympic wrestlers, right? The Olympic Training Center was there in Montreal. So anytime he went to go do one of the mixed martial art disciplines, he was never the best guy in the room because he was training with Olympians. But when he stepped inside of the octagon and put all of that together in competition with himself to show up the best version of him, he became maybe the best ever to do it. So comparison is the thief of all joy. And you have to get out of the comparison mindset of how many followers does that person have or how, what are they doing or how much do they make or whatever it is that you compare yourself to and just start competing with you to very simply be better today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. All right, so let me just go off track for a minute. So better today than you were yesterday. Let me ask you this. You've got also a 1% rule, a 1% rule, 1% theory. How does that work? Yeah, it's funny. It goes back, Romy. I'm working with the SMU football program. I had a player come up to me in an individual meeting afterwards and said, you know, Co Coach Kane, Coach Morris, who at the time, Chad Morris was the head coach, phenomenal head coach, better human being. 
you know, and he would say, you know, he's always telling us to get 1% better. Well, how do I know if I'm getting 1% better? I'm lifting for two hours every day. We're watching film. We're practicing. I didn't have an answer for him. So I, I threw that idea around some of the people in my brain trust and said, like, how do you know if you're getting 1% better? And a guy, Kevin Guzzo, he's a high school athletic director, Michigan, phenomenal human. He said to me, he said, Kaner, 1% of your day is 14 minutes and 24 seconds. And it hit me. I said, man, we got to take this concept of getting 1% better, which a lot of people will discuss, and take it from the clouds and throw it in the dirt. Meaning, take it from talking about it into being about it. Take it from a, a theory into practice. So I said to this player, look, what's one area where you think you can get better in your game? He said, I probably could be do, do better at watching film more often and really studying the guy that I'm going against this upcoming weekend. I said, good, then do it for 14 minutes and 24 seconds every day. That's how you're going to get better. So my 1% better personally, it's been meditation. It's been organization. It's been time with no phone with my wife. It's been walking. It's been reading. It doesn't matter what your 1% intention is. It just matters that you have one. Because getting better, Romy, it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by intention. And it doesn't have to be long. It just has to be consistent. So if you want to get 1% better, 14 minutes and 24 seconds into whatever it is that you want to improve with. And if you do that for one year, it's just below 100 hours of invested time into developing that skill or becoming sharper in that area. Love that. That's not calculus. That is easy to understand. That's actionable. You know, Brian, I think what's great is, like, there's whenever I do this, there's certainly no shortage of people that will come on and say, do this, do this, do this, do this, do that. What I like, well, I like about, I like everything you're saying, but you've already shown me that you're a great listener, that with all the people you work with, and you've worked with a number of champions, college athletes, pro athletes, people in business, but you take from them as well as an example of that story and then this something else in terms of getting out of a rut a college pitcher once told you and I think this applies to all of us in any walk of life instead of focusing on winning the job win the pitch how does that translate to all of us well whatever the outcome is that you want you typically have a a better chance of getting the outcome that you want, the less you focus on the outcome and the more you focus on the process. And you hear everyone say that. You hear Nick Saban for the last decade say, focus on the process, trust the process. Well, what does that actually mean for all of us every day? Because I've sat down with a number of pro athletes and said, tell me what the process means to you. And they look at you and go, you know, I'm glad you asked because I got no friggin' idea. Hmm. And what the process really is, is just think about it as a series of steps, a staircase. And that top step is the outcome you want, to win a Cy Young, to be a starting pitcher, to make a million whatever dollars a year. But the next step is the only step that you can take action on. So when we reverse engineer or work backwards from the outcome that I want into what's my next best step, that's how we actually be productive in designing a process to help us get to where we want to go. So, you know, major spring training gets started, I think, yesterday with pitchers and catchers. The college baseball season's kicking off this weekend. College softball last weekend. I spent a lot, a lot of time in those, those three areas, pro baseball, college baseball, and softball. And the amount of players that are looking to make a major league team or the amount of players that are looking to start for their college team, that's the wrong focus. And your focus determines your future. Don't focus on the outcome of being a starter. Focus on what the hell you need to do today to get better to earn the right to be a starter. Don't focus on making the 25-man roster. Focus on dominating everything that you can do today to win today and stack those days on top of each other. And that gives you the best chance to make the 25-man roster, which is ultimately out of your control in the decision of a GM or a manager. 
Damn, Brian, you got there first. You got there before I could. I literally was going to ask you next, how does focus determine your future? You know, you can hit on that again, but let me ask you this. If, in fact, focus, and I agree with you, focus determines your future, how then do you develop and train focus? Mm, Great question. You know, there's actually, there's drills that you can do. Like, uh, for example, a drill would be a concentration grid. If you go to briancane.com slash cgrid, C-G-R-I-D, you can pick a grid between, you know, five numbers and a hundred numbers. So I want you to imagine a grid in front of you, a hundred numbers, all scrambled, zero, zero to 99. And when you go, you start, you cross off zero, zero, then zero, one, then zero, two, and you work your way up to 99, keeping yourself in that area of focus. Now, if you get out of control, and remember, you got to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. That's why we talk about routines, the importance of the breath, but this concentration grid will quickly, you'll understand and have the awareness. If I'm getting out of control, I can't find number 18, I'm wasting all this time. And then once I kind of slow down a little bit, 18 is going to show up and there it is. And I keep moving forward. So the typical grid that we'll use, uh, I want you to think about a UFC fighter. So I'll use the example of Sean Brady, who just fought and beat Kelvin Gastelman earlier in or end of 2023. And one of the things he would do is he would do five, one or a five minute grid, which would be a hundred numbers, right? Take him about five minutes. His UFC round is about five minutes. So he would do three, five minute grids in the sauna, in the cold tank, wherever it was to keep him locked in for that five minutes, just like he'd want to do inside of the cage. When I'm working with, if you listen to my podcast with Lane Johnson, who's an offensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, or probably a guy who's going to be in the hall of fame, five-time pro bowler, Lane would do a concentration grid that was 25 numbers because that would take him about 15 to 20 seconds to finish the grid. He would do sets of 10 to 15 of them to try to simulate the amount of plays he would have during a drive. So there's very specific drills that we can do like a concentration grid, or for example, a meditation in a simple meditation practice that I train people to do. I call it the six to eight. It's real simple. You inhale for six seconds. You hold for two you exhale for eight. And I encourage people to focus on a triangle between the tip of their nose and the corners of their mouth. You can do this as you're driving, listening to this podcast and do your six to eight breath and try to get to three of them. And then the next time, try to get to four and then try to get to five, working your way up to getting 10 six to eight breaths as the very basic form of meditation. And if you get distracted, you just bring it back to the next breath. And I think the biggest thing here, Romy, is not just like your ability to focus, but it's really your ability to refocus, your ability to get distracted, to get knocked off course and lock it back in as quick as you can. That's really the genius, I think, when it comes to focus as it relates to mental performance. Well, that's the truth, right? You got to get back on path. We know we're going to fall off the path, but you got to get back on path as quickly as possible. What do we do when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Let me answer that by telling you what we don't do. We don't reach for a bar or a sugary snack or an energy drink. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where is the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. Nope. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. 
quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. Old Trapper is in a clear view bag so you can see the quality you're buying. So look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Brian, this is probably something you could go on for an hour or more, but let me ask you this. How do you train your coaches and players to have that elite mindset so they can overcome any adversity? In other words, how can anyone listening develop an elite mindset for whatever they do in life? One word, training. How do you develop an elite body? You train, right? You have good nutrition. You have good exercise and workout habits. How do you train an elite mindset? You train. Well, what does it look like to train an elite mindset? Listening to your podcast. It's phenomenal. The guests that you have on here, they're all talking about strategies that you can use to develop an elite mindset. I have a podcast, Mental Performance Daily, two to three minutes a day, where I share strategies and stories around an elite mindset. One of the other key things is to simply shift your focus from what you can't control into what you can. And Romy, that's one of the first drills I do with athletes. Uh, it's one of the first ones I did with Corbin Burns when he was out here in 2019 was we drew a line down a piece of paper and I said, let's list the shit you can't control. Let's list what you can control and then intentionally choose to go all in on what we can and let go of what we can't. Another one is having a basic, simple philosophy and a philosophy uh, that, you know, I picked up from Above the Line by Urban Meyer, phenomenal book. He talks about E plus R equals O, event plus response equals outcome. Look, we don't control the events that happen around us, that happen to us, but we sure control our response to those events. So we got to put less focus on the event, more focus on intentionally choosing our response. That's responsibility. And that's going to impact the outcome as we move forward. So having some simple philosophy like that, and literally, if you just focus on the controllables and you just choose that you're going to put your energy into the response instead of the event and focus on like, what's the next best decision instead of what just happened. Cause what just happened, whether it's a minute ago or a month ago, it's dead. You can't do anything about it. Learn from it, move forward, get back in the fight. So training an elite mindset just comes down to, again, getting clarity on what do I want for my mindset and then being able to just rep it out on a consistent basis. I love it. All right. So once you get clear, say you get really clear, say you get, you get to a point where you want it so badly that it becomes an obsession. Is obsession a good thing or a bad thing? I think it's I think it's a trait that all great competitors have. It's funny you mention obsession. George St. Pierre was on the a show with Joe Buck on HBO, and he gets interviewed, and he says, George, what's the greatest common characteristic you've seen amongst the champions you've been around yourself, Serena Williams, whoever, Michael Phelps? And he said obsession, right? And I think if you look at the character traits of the best athletes or the best people in radio or the best in mental performance, they're fucking obsessed with what they do. And it's they're obsessed with it because, one, they love it. Two, they're good at it. And three, it's what they want to do. And I think if you if you take Jim Collins, right, in his book, Good to Great, where you looked at organizations that were able to grow and then sustain that growth, he calls it the hedgehog circles. I like to call it living in sin. And living in sin is an acronym for strengths, interests, and needs. And when you can find your strengths, like being a radio host and being a guy in sports talk radio and a strength where you could be the best in the world, an interest where you have a passion for sports and it's what you want to do and there's a need for it, people want to listen to that, then that's when the obsession comes from because it's not work, it's play. 
I haven't worked a day since I became a mental performance coach. I've been playing mental performance. It's what I want to do. I feel like it's a strength of mine. It's for sure an interest of mine. And there's definitely a need for somebody to be able to coach mental performance in a simple, practical way that can help people grow their mindset so they can be the best version of them, to take it from the clouds into the dirt and make it simple and tangible and actionable, and that's what we're doing. That's it. So I want to go back to something you said before, a line that you said that I love. Now, there are days for everybody, you, me, everybody, where you're just not feeling it. I know you have an answer for that because you said it before, before I could get there. In other words, Act differently than how you feel. Act differently than how you feel. I love that. How does that work? Well, it's like I go back to confidence, right? And every athlete, they want two things. They want to show up consistently and they want to show up with confidence. And I remember one of the first meetings I had with George St. Pierre was after his loss to Matt Serra in April of 2006. He had just lost his UFC title and the biggest upset at the time in UFC history. He was an 11 to 1 favorite. And as we started talking, and I said, well, what do you what do you want to work on? Like, what would make you the best version of George St. Pierre? And he'd say, if I would feel more confident. And I was like, well, I can't help you. And he kind of looked at me cross-eyed. He's like, well, so-and-so said that you helped him with this, and so-and-so said you helped him with that. And I was like, George, I can't help you to feel more confident, but I can sure should help you to act more confident. And the acting confident is going to change how you feel, right? So people get caught up, Romy, and thinking that they have to feel a certain way to take the action. You don't. You have to take the action and then the feeling follows. And this has actually been proven in a lab at Harvard by a woman named Amy Cuddy and her book Presence. She's got a TED Talk that's seen by probably 70 million people about the science and power of body language and literally goes to prove that how you project yourself and how you carry yourself is going to influence your levels of testosterone, what we want, and cortisol, the stress hormone that we don't, simply based off of how you carry yourself with your body language. So literally understanding, act different than how you feel, but then also recommit to your commitments every day. You got to recommit to the commitments that you set not not when you were motivated when you sent them, but when you every day you wake up. And I think that's where the morning routine is so important that if you wake up and you are you have good behavior design, it's part of the reason why I set my clothes out the night before. It's why I use my alarm outside of my bed where I can't reach it so that when the alarm goes off, I'm going to get up and then I'm going to go to the bathroom and I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to walk into the gym and get it going. And that's going to happen. 95% of the days, the other days I'm getting woken up by my six month old who's screaming and crying before I, she, before I get up, but <laughs> that behavior design and that intention to say, I'm not going to let my feelings drive the bus around here because my feel is not real. I'm going to let my behaviors drive the bus. And it's interesting, Chris Kirk, who's one of the top golfers in the world right now, hadn't won a golf event for eight years, has won two in the last six months works with a good friend of mine, Zach Sorensen, is a mental performance coach. And one of the things that they talked a lot about is when you're walking down the 18th with a lead, saying how I feel is irrelevant, what's important now? This shot, what am I doing? What's my yardage? What's my shot shape? What do I need to do now? And when you focus on what it is you need to do now, that action alleviates some of that anxiety or that feeling that you have. But God, feeling think, don't drive the needle. Behavior God, does. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's so good. I like that so much because what I'm and and I can apply this to even what I do. Like I'm gonna be honest, Brian. I was not having the best morning. Was not having the best morning. Some shit was falling apart, and I'm like the clock. It's like Groundhog Day. No matter what, no matter how I feel, no matter how prepared I am, which is why I really try to prepare to my best every single day, week after week, year after year. Because no matter what, at nine. 901, I got to be on the air whether I like it or not. So I'm not feeling great, but in prepping for this, 
I saw this, and I knew this, and it really resonated with me. What I'm hearing from you, and th- and this helped me this morning, how you feel has less to do with how you perform than your focus, right? It doesn't matter how you feel, but if you're locked in, that will have a greater impact on your performance, will it not? 100%. I always say it is focus over feel. Choose focus over feel. And when choosing focus becomes easier when you're built by routine, right? So there's plenty of times where I'm going to do a a seminar, let's say, and before the pandemic, I was traveling 250, 280 days a year, rinse and repeat, different city, new audience, bringing the same level of damn juice. And there's days where I didn't feel like doing it, but you know what? I know that doesn't matter. And how I feel doesn't actually impact how I perform. It's how I behave that impacts my perform. I've I've written 44 books. I don't feel like writing. I just write. I've ran a hundred mile race. I don't feel like running. I just go run. And what I find is once I get started with a seminar or the writing or the running, I actually feel like doing it and I enjoy it, but I never enjoy it before the damn start, right? It's always, I got to use energy at the start to get going. And what I think one of the key things with motivation too, Romy, is realizing that motivation comes after movement begins. Know that. Put that in your mindset. Tattoo it on your forehead. Motivation will come after movement begins. And the best part about it is once movement begins, it should, if the motivation doesn't come, you're already moving. You're already winning. (laughs) So just get started. Love that. All right. So what about this? Let me flip this on its head. A lot of people, Brian, I know have anxiety, certain levels of anxiety. They're anxious. Your advice in that regard is make anxiety your friend, which is good because sometimes it's my enemy. How do we change our relationship with anxiety? You change your relationship with anxiety. You start looking at it and welcoming it. You welcome it as a friend. And you say, if I don't have anxious feelings, something's wrong. You also reframe it in the sense of saying, well, anxiety is really excitement without the breath. So if I'm feeling anxious, like before this podcast, right, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to move my body, I'm going to project confidence, I'm going to get down and rep some push-ups, and then I'm going to stand there and breathe and get myself locked into what I need to do. I'm going to take control of that feeling that's inside of me, and I'm going to use it to my advantage. I haven't always been that way, right? I haven't always been that confident, but I wasn't that skilled or that trained in what to do. And once I started learning that anxiety is excitement without the breath, anxiety is fuel for focus to drive you to another level, the game completely changed. And the only way I learned that is working with eight UFC world champions and having been back there in the locker room because every one of them, those guys is anxious. They're all anxious. They're all scared. They're all nervous. But the ones that then train themselves to say the two magic words, fuck it. I'm going to go anyway. And I'm going to do what I do. Those are the ones that have the most success. So we just got to apply that in our world and in our life and not let how we feel drive what we do, but let what we do change how we feel and realize anxiety is actually my friend. It's Mm. like a flame. I can use the flame to heat my house, to cook my meal. And if it gets out of control and I let the anxiety burn and get out of control, it's going to burn the whole house down. Don't do that. Control it and use it to your advantage. But the only way to do that is to talk to yourself, not listen. Like, don't listen to how you feel. Talk to yourself that, no, this is what it's supposed to be. This is because I care. This is because I'm prepared. This is because I'm going to show up and I'm about to dominate. All right, finish that thought. I was going to ask you about that because you do tell your clients that pretty often. Don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. Explain the concept. And then, Brian, explain how should we talk to ourselves? Like, with what kind of tone? What kind of energy? Yeah, I love it. 
Well, the tone and energy is going to be based off of the individual, right? Right. A figure skater is going to talk to herself or himself, probably a little bit different than a UFC fighter is. So it becomes very individual. And there's some, you know, the research I think is inconclusive. If should I talk to myself in the first person? Should I talk to myself in the third person? Right. If you look at Tiger Woods after he hit a bat shot, you can see all this on YouTube. He'd say, you know, Tiger, Come on, Tiger and he would talk right. to himself in the third person, which I think is brilliant. But it's not really conclusive whether that's better than you saying, hey, let's go get on to the next shot. You got this. It's just a matter of don't listen to yourself about how you feel because feels not real. Listen, talk to yourself, right? And have to know what you're going to say. For example, uh, first Ironman I do, Ironman Arizona, 2016. I knew going into that race that it was going to suck. I knew it was going to hurt at different times. And I was prepared for that. So when it showed up, one of the things I said to myself was light, smooth, easy, fast. I would say to myself, the longer it goes, the stronger I get. And then I'd say something to myself, like, they're going to put my face on Iron Man Mountain. And I would laugh. And I'm like, if I can laugh 130 miles into this thing, 11 hours into this thing, I'm probably in a pretty good space. So some of the, the things that you say to yourself, I call them affirmations. And what I do with athletes is I have them write down these affirmations in a journal form every day. So if I were to ask an athlete, when's your birthday? 9-20-78. What are your affirmations? I want them to give them to me like that. And it was beautiful. I had a picture with the Arizona Diamondbacks here in the office. I live in Paradise Valley, Arizona. And we were talking about when the shit hits the fan and you're on the mound, how do you go from talk from, from how you feel or what's happening? How do you talk to yourself? What do you say? And he didn't have an answer. So I called Sean Brady immediately. He answered like second ring. And I said, Sean, what are your three affirmations? And he talks about this in a, in a Joe Rogan podcast, which is pretty cool. He says, I trust my training and push the pace. I control what I can control. Let go of what I can't. I'm confident, cocky, MF and Rocky because he's from Philadelphia. <laughs> and he said that to himself. We got off the call. It was a 30 second call. And this picture of the Diamondbacks goes, oh, I need those. I need something to say to myself as an anchor in the storm to ground my ship amongst the shit. Hmm. Brian, amazing. Let me ask you this. So obviously you work in sports and anybody would know this in sports, even in business. We know what MVP stands for, most valuable player. You have a different acronym for it though. What does MVP stand to you? And then what's it mean to you? What's the process? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. You know, we go back to where we started on the call with that four-step player development formula or in a non-athletic context, four-step personal development formula. Set your intention, schedule it, measure it, rinse and repeat, or should I say reflect and refocus with a journal. So step one is setting your intention. Right? If there's one thing you can do to help you get clarity and on the path to becoming the best version of you, it's identifying what that is. And in order to do that, we call it an MVP. Obviously, work in athletics, so I use that concept, mission, vision, principles. Now, we say mission is your gravestone. What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Your vision is your resume. What do you want to get done while you're here alive? And then your, your P is your principles. How do you want to show up every day? Right? Those are the behaviors. Very similar to values. I thought MVP sounded a lot better than MVV. So <laughs> mission, gravestone, for me, it's educate, empower, energize other people to be their best. So I appreciate the opportunity to do that here with you. The vision comes into like the resume. What do I want to get done? I want to certify 10,000 coaches with our mental performance mastery certification. I want to be at my two daughter's weddings, right? Different things like that that are very clear, yes or no, that I get there. And then the principles, you decide. And when I got clear with principles, Romy, 
I'm working with Vitor Belfort for his fight with Chris Weidman, a UFC title fight. We're sitting there in the sauna the you know, day, the night before weigh-ins. And I asked him, I said, Vitor, what do you know now that you'd go back 20 years ago and tell yourself when you won your first UFC title? And he said, Brian, I would tell the younger Vitor that a boy lives out of preference and a man lives out of principle. And then he told me about his core principles and how he defines them and what they look like in a behavior for him inside the cage and inside of training and as a father and as a, and as a husband. And I went, holy shit, that's intentional life. So I decided, I decided and chose that my core principles were going to be apples, accountable, present, process, love, energy, and service. And the definition of accountable would be snow globe life. Shake it up. I'm inside. Take a look at how I live. Nothing to hide right? Snow globe life. My present would be be where your feet are. Process would be have a plan and stick to it. Love would be unconditionally give of yourself and expect nothing in return. Energy would be bring the juice. And service would be to whom much is given, much is expected. I've been given a lot in life and it's my goal to be able to give all that away. So again, thank you for the opportunity. But that's a mission, vision, and principles. You got to be mission driven. You got to have a vision and know what you want to get after. And you got to have a set of principles to know how you want to show up every day. And key, key point, living out of principle instead of preference. I mean, this, this, there is so much in this conversation. There's no way you could listen to this conversation and take it all in. But we're not there yet. We're almost there. In fact, I could do this for hours. I appreciate you so much. I'm getting so much out of this. You posted something on X recently that I think is absolutely critical. And I want you to explain it. Quote, external things can't fix internal issues you have to work as hard on yourself as you do at your career quote end of quote can you break that down like what kind of external things are you talking about and then why is it so important to work as hard on yourself as you do your career yeah, that's great. Great question. I think the reason why external things don't fix internal problems, right, is the external things, money, fame, success, those don't fix. Do you live in alignment with a set of core principles? At the end of the day, you can find happiness in a bottle, in a casino, in an athletic activity, but those end. Where are you finding fulfillment? And it's up for you to define how you're going to find fulfillment. For me, I choose to define fulfillment as living in alignment with my mission. Today, that I educate, empower, energize other people to be their best. If I do that, I'm living a fulfilled life. My cup is full. And I remember, Romy, 2002, I'm a grad student at Cal State Fullerton doing my master's under the great Ken Revisa. Ken Revisa being a guy who had 30 years in Major League Baseball mental performance training. He's with Joe Madden. When Madden took over the Cubs, if you read The Cubs Way by Tom Verducci, Madden's first hire was Ken Revisa, a mental performance coach. They're arm in arm on the fire truck when the Cubs win the World Series and break the curse. Well, one day in 2002, I'm in grad school at Fullerton with Ken. I was his teaching assistant. I have his face tattooed on my chest. My, my first daughter, her middle name is Kendall. In honor of him, I've had great mentorship. But he put this picture up on an overhead, and it was a guy opening up his chest called the existential man. And he said, we live in a very external world but you have to go internal to get the answers. You have to ask yourself, what is it I want? Ask yourself, how do I want to show up? Ask yourself, who am I? And he said, you can't fix external problems or you can't, you can't fix internal problems with external you know, items or distractions. It's like in Cool Runnings, right? In Cool Runnings where I think it's John Candy who's the actor and the guy's saying, hey, why'd you cheat in the Olympics? He's like, oh, I had to get the gold medal. And the dude looks at him and goes, man, Coach, you, if you're not enough without the medal, you'll never be enough with the medal, 
And I thought that to be true. It's like no outcome is going to define who you are and give you fulfillment for the rest of your life. It's the damn journey and the process that you step into to reinvent yourself every damn day. Yeah, it's really interesting that you mentioned Ken because, Brian, my, both of our kids, my wife and I, Janet, we have two sons, they both played through high school baseball. You know, and because you work with baseball players and softball players, you understand the whole concept. And Fortson, of course, is an absolute powerhouse. But our yeah. older son, Jake, wanted it really badly, really badly. And, I mean, he would have benefited from this because he was one of those kids that, you know, although they play with aluminum bats, like if it was a wooden bat, I would say, he's the kid that would squeeze it so hard he'd turn it into sawdust. Our younger son, Logan, was much more, he was much more laid back. Like, he ended up being a closer. He would close games, and he was nervous, but he could always channel that, and he understood it. And I remember somebody saying, you got to have Jake read Ken's book. And I don't think that he actually did, but I know who you're talking about. He's an absolute legend. I think it's really curious when you say, my mentor. So many people look to you. Before I let you go, who are some of your other mentors, people that you admire, people that you've learned from, and even still to this day? Yeah, I mean, if I had a Mount Rushmore of yes, mentors and exactly. mental performance, I mean, the, fir the first face is Ken Revisa, right? And it's a guy I studied under for two years. I picked up his book, Heads Up Baseball, July 4th, 2000, completely changed my life. That was one day that changed my life. Another day that changed my life was March in 2006. I'm a high school athletic director at the time at a student athlete leadership conference in Vermont. There's a speaker named Dr. Rob Gilbert. Let me talk about consistency here for a second. When he gets done speaking, he says, hey, I know you took a lot out of today, but if you really want to grow, you got to listen to my success hotline every day. This is 2006. So he has a hotline. He's a professor of sports psychology at Montclair State in New Jersey. And every day for 12,000 days, he's left a three-minute message. So the phone number you can call to listen, 973-743-4690, or you can find Success Hotline Podcast wherever you're listening to this. And he's done it for 12,000 days. Those two days changed my life. Those two, Ken Revisa and Rob Gilbert on my Mount Rushmore. Another guy would be the name Harvey Dorfman. Harvey Dorfman wrote the book, The Mental Game of Baseball. I know you've had Sean Casey on here and Case read Harvey's book every day, one at least one page a day since he was a sophomore in high school. Another mentor of mine that'd be up there would be Brian Johnson, uh, the creator of Heroic, the author of the book Arate, who you've had on here as well. He would be on there. Uh, that would be probably the first four that I would put on my Mount Rushmore. Man, that's unbelievable praise, incredible praise. Like, Brian, that, there was so much. Like, we just spoke for, I want to say, 35 minutes. I feel like there were several hours of usable information in there. First of all, thank you very much, dude. For very few things live up to the hype. That exceeded and smashed it. I could keep going, but I do not want to be greedy, and I know you have things to do. If people listening right now would like more information, if they want to learn more about your programs, if they want to find out about any of the 44 books you've read, essentially if they want to plug into you, what is the best way for them to do so? Yeah, first thing is wherever you're listening to this podcast, open up the magnifying glass, type in Brian Kane. I have two podcasts, Mental Performance Daily, two to three minutes a day. Then I have a long form uh, podcast where I do athlete interviews. So you can find some of the athletes we've mentioned here uh, on that long form podcast and them talking about mental performance, which has been really cool. You can also get me on Instagram or, or X at Brian Kane Peak and head over to briancane.com if you want to get more free courses, articles, anything there. And you can get a hold of me, obviously, through uh, direct message on Instagram or Twitter or X now, I guess it's called. Or you can get me over at briancane.com. I'm easy to find. I'm like Deion Sanders. I ain't hard to find. 
You ain't hard to find. I like that. And you're accessible and you're present. It's it's so awesome. This is something I've been looking forward to for a long, long time. And as I mentioned off the very top, Brian, this is why I'm in the space. I feel like maybe after doing this as long as I've had, that maybe I can share some information that somebody might benefit from. But to be really selfish about this, I am on a journey. And as part of that journey and this podcast is, I get to meet and chop it up with people like you. So my man, I appreciate it very, very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the insight. That was absolutely Absolutely awesome. I appreciate you, dude. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Dominate the day, Romy. Bam. No one likes I told you so, but I told you so. That was a lot. That was a lot. A lot of freaking incredible info, intel, and tactics, and strategy, not only to help you improve, but also to help you flat-out dominate. To fully absorb and appreciate that conversation, you're going to have to listen to that again, and again, and again. Or be a hell of a lot sharper than me to take in everything Brian was putting out. I know for a fact I will pull nuggets out of that interview from the second and third time I listened to it. Things that I missed initially. That's how you know that was an unforgettable conversation. Absolute gold from Brian Kane. Now, this is where I normally say, I hope you got as much out of that as I did, but I won't. Because if you didn't, that's on you. Because that's as good as it gets. My thanks to Brian for making that time and for providing such unbelievable resources for you and me and anybody else to take advantage of. So make sure you seek him out. Make sure you show your gratitude. My dude. Thanks again for an amazing conversation, Brian. And if you like what you just heard, I would love for you to share it. That would be awesome. And if you haven't already, please do subscribe to this podcast. It is my side hustle to my side hustle. I love doing it. I would love for you to leave a review. Be sure to keep tracking me on social media too and listening to our daily radio program so I can keep you posted on our launch date for X. Until then, I'm Jim Rome. Keep grinding, reinventing, and I will see you next time right here on The Reinvention Project. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.